0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like the Cardinal front office, is still here no matter how bad we are. My name is (laughs) Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hi, everyone. Wow, great energy. And on this week's episode, we're going to talk about the recent roster moves. We're going to check in on Dakota Hudson and the outside edge of the Cardinals rotation. We're going to talk about Mason Win and how we arrange our infield rotation. And we're going to talk about the upcoming series against the Reds and the upcoming series against the Orioles. thanks to Brando Polkols from the Bird scored for that wonderful opening joke. If you have an idea, <laughs> no matter how good or bad you may think it is, let us know. We're happy to use it at the front of the episode. You can find us on all our social medias uh so hambone how you doing h uh, how you feeling
1: oh feeling feeling strong, feeling great yeah, yeah. feeling uh, I, uh, spry young
0: yeah well, yeah
1: your um I'm glad you're feeling that way. Looks, yes. Yeah. Uh, you, know. you know, I might not present that way, but I do feel uh, that way inside. That's Good. That's if good. You, if you cut the outer layer off, it looks a lot better. <laughs> um,
0: that is, uh, is that your, are we getting little hints at your, uh, your serial
1: killer style? <laughs> you cut out the outer layer. That's my calling card. Oh my God. I peel my victim. Hmm. How many, how many peeled
0: bodies have you got there in your, in your basement? I know you've been putting in new flooring. Is that to cover yep. up something?
1: God, I guess oh. <laughs> <It's> got <laughs> way too real, way too quick. <laughs> I was about to say something about uh, who is the clown in Chicago who, uh, stuffed all those bodies under his crawl space, but I didn't want to talk about that. So Scotty Thanks. Pippen, Scotty Pippen, famous serial killer, uh, Oh, the clown, uh, John Wayne Gacy. John That's Wayne who... Gacy, okay, yeah, yeah, wow. I did not expect to talk about John Wayne Gacy this early in the show. <laughs> the first. Uh,
0: well, here's something fun. I saw this the other day and it made me think of our dumb show. Oh, have um, you seen this? Fe- have you read about this? Have you seen this? Uh, a female European honey buzzard bird was fitted with a satellite tracking system and traveled from Finland to South Africa in 42 days. Wow. Tiny Did you just bird. google
1: bird before we get on the show?
0: No. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, but not this time. This just okay. showed up on my uh, you know, the the, uh, algorithm, uh, fed the algorithm, algorithm fed this to me. The algorithm fed this to me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's I cool. just thought that was fascinating. Like Finland to South Africa, this tiny little bird.
1: Yeah, I could get there in like probably 15, 16 hours. So 42 days, pretty slow. That's that's
0: flying in a big steel bird. This wow. is a
1: tiny little bird. Yeah, I think it's okay. impressive. That's very great job, bird.
0: Yeah, I guess that's what I'm, I don't, I didn't really have an end goal from this, this fact, <laughs> and I guess that's it. Props to European honey buzzard.
1: You know what? I like honey. Uh, Europe seems cool. Don't like mm-hmm. buzzards. I'll be going to uh Europe in a couple of weeks.
0: Don't dox yourself. Uh
1: yeah. cool. Yeah. Look, look, look out for look those out. honey buzzards. Yeah, look I maybe I'll try to hitch a ride. <laughs> <laughs> you need like 50 of them.
0: <laughs> Probably more Two than that. I wonder how many you would dumbass. be. Dumbass. Just see me being carried by fifty birds across the entirety of Africa.
1: Uh they look uh they're kinda cool. They look like a hawk or something. I don't really know much about birds. Mm. I like to talk about them, but I don't really know much about them. Well, this has been uh,
0: a super successful opening to the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, new listeners. Uh, Summer's coming to an end. You got any plans for the any any
1: big trips coming up for the fall or, or for for winter? Uh, I, I just got a honeymoon planning email from our travel agent. So very excited about that. Um, we're trying to go to Peru, um, in December. Wow! So looking forward to that. And you know, what's really exciting is, uh, I have my second race this weekend. Uh, this one is right. going to be the 24 hour race. Um, yeah. and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. My last race stint, I think it's, um, four, a uh, four AM to 6 AM. Um, so it's, Jesus. uh, it's going to be a wild <laughs> weekend. Hopefully I survive. What? So it's a 24 hour
0: straight race. So your, your yeah. race is going for 24 hours. So you're driving right. four to 6 AM, but you're also, I assume
1: driving in other, other parts yeah. of this. So it's, it's noon Saturday to noon Sunday. Uh, the mm-hmm. drive. Well, there's three other drivers that I'll be driving with. And we drive in two hours stents on a rotation
0: that's incredible. Now I've seen your car.
1: Now, is this a self portrait or, uh, would you, would you describe it to, uh, to the listeners? Um, I guess you're saying that maybe cause I'm wearing a purple shirt today, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, th- so the car, the, so the, I, I think I described what lemons racing is on an episode a little while back when we had our other race, but it's all very silly and the theming is very important. And we had the brilliant idea to theme our car this year after grimace, the McDonald's, mascot who is essentially a monster Mm -hmm. um so we wrapped the it's a 1982 nissan z car we wrapped it in sparkly purple uh car wrap we have painted a bloody monstrous uh grimace on the hood and put some uh purple lights and 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 done a, a bunch of other little fancy things to it but uh yeah you should be eating a big mac the entire time you're driving too so we are making grimace shakes. I'm making cheeseburgers Friday night before the race. Uh, <laughs> okay. we're, we're going all out. Yes, we're doing that. We have McDonald's Happy Meal boxes. <laughs> we have toys that we're handing out. Uh, we made some of our own grimace uh, t- racing team tattoos that we're going to apply to people. Um, wow. Yeah, we're it's going all out. Is this for Grimace's birthday? It was his birthday, wasn't that it? That was inspired by Grimace's birthday, and okay. then we just kind of took it to the nth degree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My favorite part will be the cease and desist letter that's delivered to you <laughs> halfway through the race. I'm
1: going to you know, be a well, badge
0: of honor at this point to get a I, cease and desist in
1: the middle of the race. I would love that. Race. Yeah, we'll yeah. take him to court because, uh, you know, ours is Grimace, not uh, mm. not Grimace. It's It's slightly different.
0: Yeah. If I remember correctly, last time you bribed the judges with a bottle of whiskey, will this be a bribe via uh, secret Big Mac sauce? Maybe some some chicken McNuggets,
1: something like that? We bought. <laughs> so McDonald's has a website where you can buy corporate gear as a consumer without having to log in or anything like that. So we bought a bunch of stuff that like a franchisee would buy. Yeah. Um, and yes, we are, we've made like little gift packages of McDonald's accoutrements uh, to hand over to them. And we also, oh my God, I'm really get into this. We uh, also 3d printed um, some <laughs> versions of our car with grimace on top of it um, in purple. And we've painted it to look like our vehicle with grimace on it. So yeah, we're, we're, we got all kinds of things to hand out and to grease the judges and, and all yeah. that. Yeah. Um, do you have an idea of how many participants are in this race? Uh, I think it just got announced. It's somewhere in the mid seventies. I, I don't know wow. exactly the number and I'm sure people will drop out before the race gets started because yeah. these cars are all pieces of junk. Um, again, we're racing a 1982 Nissan with yeah. a, who knows, we don't know how many miles are on it because somebody was futzing with the engine. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, so we'll see. Is it like a
0: time trial race? So whoever ends up with the best time at the end of it. Well, I guess that wouldn't make sense because it's 24 hours. So is it just literally who crosses the finish line first or how how do they most, declare a winner?
1: Most laps. Most laps. Okay. Yeah. So you're, makes- you got to have your pit changes got to be, you know, relatively quick. And then obviously the faster you are over the aggregate over the 24 hours, the yeah. more laps you are bound to complete. And they have essentially like a sensor, like a tracker on your car uh-huh. that that clicks every time you do it and it it takes down your times and everything like that. I can actually, I have a bunch of stats uh, for stat nerds um, that I can Mm. share out if anyone is for some reason interested. Um, But average time, average pit stop, uh, tire changes, all that crap. Well, assuming you survive,
0: I'd be uh, interested (laughs) in hearing this next week. I wonder if anyone, has anyone ever tried to pull off like a, um, like let's let's hack that system and and alter the uh outcome so you win that way feels so, like there's a there's like a bad like uh a John C Riley movie in this you know yeah
1: I I'm sure that that has happened because they treat these trans they're called transponders they treat the transponders like they're gold like they're yeah. literally locked away you go to a tech so that the the people who are running the race can make sure that your car is safe and has fire suppression and all that. And then they yeah. apply the transponder for you and you do test laps to make sure that it is working properly before like they take it so seriously. So I'm well, sure somebody's done something. To, yeah. Because this is like,
0: well, it's a recipe for horrible accidents. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they must try to take it as seriously as possible yeah. despite the, the the layer of insanity like i imagine that the insurance policy and the underlay like the undercurrent support staff are probably not joking most of the time no
1: no and if you're wondering my insurance and none of the driver's insurance is covered once you get on that tarmac so it's it's all out of pocket and yeah people are pretty the waiver book was like a oh yeah you have to go to a class yeah it's a whole thing
0: yeah well, it sounds fun. I look forward to hearing how it goes, because you placed well in the last one, right?
1: Yeah, fifth out of 72 last time. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll see. I'm I'm obviously looking forward to it. P- pedal to the metal.
0: One last question, because this is so, you have such elaborate theming. Yeah. Do, uh, like, West Side Story or Warriors-style <laughs> brawls ever break out between, like, the Grimace team And the Big Bird team and the Abraham Lincoln team, (laughs) like everyone, just you know
1: brings out their little like uh, shivs and whatnot. Kinda like there was yes, so there was a there was a uh, Pulp Fiction team last race, Uh and they were walking around with their slick back Vincent Vega hair and briefcases (laughs) and handing out milkshakes all weekend. Uh, There was also a team that was Pac Man themed. And every morning at 7 a.m. They had this like dubstep remix remix weka, weka, of the weka, weka, Pac-Man. Weka. <laughs> yeah. And they would turn it on at 7 a.m. And blast the whole uh, paddock uh, where everybody was sleeping. So, yeah, there's definitely some um, playful mm-hmm. gamesmanship and, and ribbing that happens in the paddock. That would be funny to just like,
0: all right, Listen we poisoned half the other teams. They're
1: not going to be. I think I said this already, but we're making grimace shakes. We could put X-Lax in there or something. That's what I'm saying. I'm surprised no one has. Some of these freaks would probably just drive through that though and
0: soil themselves. I imagine that happens pretty consistently. I told you about the puking incident, right? I assume there's a general level of incontinence across (laughs) all participants in this (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) All right, tell me the puking thing, and then we got to we got to okay. do this
1: really quick. There was a one of the racers on our team. He was also a rookie driver. He's a young guy. Apparently, he gets motion sickness pretty quickly before his what stint a bad in, hobby. For oh, that I know. Problem. He's not racing this time for okay. obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but before he got in, he crammed down some lunch and he ate like three ham and cheese sandwiches. And he's driving around, and you know, it's a racetrack. It's it's left and right turns. It's it's not an oval. So you know, if you're not okay with movement you're you're gonna feel a little bit sick anyways he's racing for about 30 minutes he calls in on the radio hey guys i'm i'm not feeling too good i I think i need to swap out we're all sitting around eating oreos or whatever so i gotta put my fire suit on and every you have to have your full safety gear to get near the track because of fire and all that so we're getting all ready he calls back he goes guys i'm really not feeling good Um, and I'm putting my helmet on and and my fire suit and I'm running over to the track. I run out to the hot pit, uh, where the cars come for refueling and whatever. And this kid is leaning out of the car, spewing onto the hot pit all over the place. We go to get (laughs) him. He jumps out of the car, doesn't open the door, just jumps through the window. We're making sure he's okay to check out the car. And he had projectiled all over the front of the car and in the side where the passenger seat would normally be. So the next guy's getting in, and this is all timed, right? We're trying to get fifth place out of 72 cars. So I reach in to strap this guy down, this guy named Adam. And I go, Adam, are you sure you don't want us to clean up anymore? He goes, no, go, go, go. I reach down to tighten his five-point harness, and vomit goes in between my fingers and starts skewing out as I'm tightening him down. And I go, Adam. Are you sure? And he's like, Go, 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 go! And he takes off, and he races for two hours in a in a bucket full of uh, oh my, God. you know, ham and cheese.
0: That's when I start puking, and then it just piles on. <laughs> Man, what a what a lack of. I mean, I I always respect someone going out and trying something new and trying something they might not be good at. But I also, if I. There's there's a key part here. If I know that I have motion sickness, but I'm mm-hmm. still determined to participate in a race. OK, cool. Yeah. Something new. Maybe don't eat three ham and cheese sandwiches right before getting <laughs> in the car. Like that, that's an easy that's an yeah. easy one to to yeah. solve for. You know what I mean?
1: Like, yeah, you're
0: yeah. You know, it's like wash it down with a milkshake and, uh, you know, do a couple of cartwheels and then get in the car. And, yeah. yeah. On
1: uh, on day two, he, he had a very early lunch and took some drama mean and seemed to be okay. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the damage was done.
0: <laughs> and then you're driving on the, like the thing they say, don't do, Yeah. Uh, you know, operate heavy machinery. I'm pretty sure race cars, uh, fit under that, even if it uh-huh. is a shitty one from the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> well, so yeah, well, Hey, you know, who's not having a bad time. Jordan Walker, hey, How about this back to baseball. We yeah, got back there. to baseball. So we wanted to touch on Jordan Walker briefly because, uh, it's happening. And yeah. I just wanted to say too, like, if you watched the game last night, uh, what a cool moment it was oh God, for, yeah. for Jordan Walker and his family. If you, if you didn't happen to catch this, he's from the Atlanta area, or at least from, from Georgia. And, uh, it was the first game for them in, in Atlanta uh, with him starting. And what they say, like 200 people in the stands, 200 uh, tickets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what's been happening a lot recently is Jordan Walker had a fantastic game. Three for four home run double just all together looking like a beast. Uh, his first game at home with his with a lot of family, a lot of friends and yeah. family. Cool that he has such a huge support network. You also have to imagine like a lot of people in that crowd his family and otherwise are just like, we're going to make so much money. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I think uh, obviously Jordan Walker has got a lot of career ahead of him, but I think uh, based on his uh, first year rookie performance at age of 2021, he, I mean, he, he has just looked so good. I think he is every day looking, you know, 1% 1% better out in the outfield. I think the most impressive thing that I saw was that home run last night. It was a kind yeah. of low and outside slider. Obviously, it caught enough of the plate. But not only you know, you either want him to kind of spit on that, or if you can get your hands extended, which he has or arms extended, which he has very long arms, get them extended and and crush that ball dead center. That is a pitch we, we did not see him do that uh three or four months ago. And right. he looked he looked like a pro. He it was an absolute yeah. tank. Um, It was a pretty nasty pitch. And he did in front of his grandma. What else do you need?
0: <laughs> yeah, he is now up to a one twenty three WRC plus as a as a twenty one year old in the big leagues. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, So, you know, we've said we were saying all year, like I think one of the, the real paths to the Cardinals uh re, regaining. Uh, a competitive, uh, you know, the ability to compete at at a uh, for the playoffs and beyond really starts with Jordan Walker. Yes, and I and I know, like obviously, pitching, 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 right? But like the 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 flip from Jordan Walker being a the inevitable in our belief, the inevitable yeah. flip from Jordan Walker being a like a average to below average MLB player to what we're seeing over the 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 last week. Is so crucial to turning this team around, and when you start to dream on a uh, a roster of uh, at least next year of uh, of a fully uh, full formed Jordan Walker, Arenado, Goldschmidt, Gorman has obviously had his ups and downs, but he's coming up on thirty home runs. Like yeah, you can see where this offense is going to be really really good next year.
1: Well, let's say you know, and I think Gorman uh, is a, a bit of a less talented ball player than Jordan. Um, and, and that's not a slight by any means. It's just Jordan's ceiling is so, so high. But if you see Jordan Walker take the step that Gorman took from his first year to his second year and extrapolate that out and same for Gorman. And then, you know, uh, Mason, Wynn starts to get his feet wet, and then you have the wily old vets on the corners. You really start to see this offense and this team take shape for the next handful of years at the, at the very least. Um, and yeah. I don't mean to forget Lars Newpar. I think he's a key part of that as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's really, really easy to get excited. And I think it's, it's really comes back to what I just said though. It's, it's Walker's getting better every day. Um, and it's noticeable. And for him again, to put on that performance he put on last night in a, you know, whatever he wants to say, a high pressure situation his first time playing in his hometown, playing against the best team in baseball. Uh, and he puts on a show in the outfield at the, uh, at the plate and on the bases, like this kid is going to be a, a force to be reckoned with. It's so much fun.
0: Yeah, and I, I saw a good tweet thread um, on, on the Twitter. I think it was Ben Sarudi. I'm sorry if it's not. I should have um, written this down. But basically, at the start of Walker's time in in the outfield, he was sometimes missing balls that had a 95% catch rate or catch yeah. expectation. Um, and he's made a handful of, 60% catch expectation uh catches recently and while you might say like okay 60% like you know a, a, an average outfielder should catch that it's more about that growth right um, going from struggling at times for a 95% catch to to successfully making 60% catches all at the big league level all in the last 3 months essentially like it just shows what kind of talent he is, and and what what time and and reps will give you. Um, you know, he didn't play outfield until the middle end of last year, and uh, I, I think probably long term, we're looking at probably he's taking Goldie's spot at first base when and if uh, Goldie leaves uh, the the Cardinals. But like you can start to feel more and more confident in him, at least being like a neutral right fielder. Yeah. If not a neutral with a plus arm, which is its own version of being a good outfielder, you know, um, that, that helps
1: a lot. That makes up for a lot of things and his speed. Um, even though I think his speed is kind of underrated. Um, but right now, as of today, when he's 21, he's still pretty quick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That'll be another thing that I'm really curious to see a guy with his speed. He has stolen six bases. Um, you know, I'm what I would. What would be really fun is if we start to see him sort of land in that early Paul Goldschmidt career level too, where uh, you know it's a combination of like Goldie was faster when he was younger, but he was never particularly fast. Right. But he was just the 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 the, the way that Cardinals fans Cardinal fans love the like I stole a bunch of bases because I'm smarter than everyone. Yes. Uh the the Yachty approach, the Booholes approach. You can see that a little bit in Walker too. I think he has that same level of game intellect and uh but he's got a really high sprint speed for his for his body type it's nuts. uh yeah and so like i'd love to see him uh you know lean into that a little bit more but i also totally understand if the coaching staff is like let's not worry about stolen bases (laughs) not jam a finger let's not roll yeah yeah let's no need just hit the ball hard right yeah so um you know we've talked about it for a while now even though the cardinals have been out of it for a while um Arguably the majority of the season. This is (laughs) there's still a ton of fun watching these games, and there's still a lot, a lot to look for. And if you're like us, you're watching no matter what. Um, you know, I think the the Jordan the recent Jordan Watcher Jordan Walker explosion is really like what keeps keeps me coming back. Like it's getting to be must see TV. Like, oh yeah. I'm I'm going up just to watch. I might not be. Following the game directly, but I'm going to watch. I have the game on in a room. I'm going to watch Walker at bats. I'm going to watch Win at bats, not necessarily for the same reason, but to, I want to see that growth. You know, like there's still plenty to enjoy with this team. Oh,
1: yeah. And I like just to kind of hit on that, I, I'm watching what you just said. I'm watching, I want to see Nolan Gorman get to 30 home runs, especially after his game last night. Yeah. Um, and I want to see Newt kind of get back into the fold and want to see him have a strong finish to his season yeah. and, and hopefully carry that over to next year. I um, mean, I guess I'll throw Tyler O'Neill in there too. Tyler O'Neill looks like he's finally healthy. He looks like he's playing full out. He, uh, he stretched a single into a double last night um, and, and had a good aggressive slide. He's looking like he's fully back. Um, yeah. I've
0: got a, uh, I've got some Tyler O'Neill stats for you. This comes from at John Redbird on, on uh, X or Twitter or whatever. Know, uh, what a last
1: name. Um uh, <laughs>
0: Tyler O'Neill since returning from the IL on July 20th. 137 plate appearances. He's got a 252, 350, 504 slash line. Yeah. Uh, so that's an 854 OPS with a 133 WRC plus. That's seven home runs, nine doubles. Uh, and I think most importantly here, a 13% walk rate. Yeah. And wow. a 20% strikeout rate.
1: Those like, are good numbers.
0: Those are very good numbers. And so You know, O'Neal, it's been a weird year. There's also been some questions about his, um, you know, durability and his willingness to play through pain. And we've seen him get a lot more days off recently. And I don't know if this is a concerted effort at some sort of load management thing. If this is maybe what we're going to see from Tyler O'Neal, like what does it look like if we go into 2024 and the expectation is that Tyler O'Neal plays 120 games but is never on the IL. You know what I mean? Like I, I, you don't, we don't see that a lot, but like if we're getting a one thirty three WRC plus and his defense, like, like that's great. And it just gives us a little bit more flexibility in the outfield too.
1: Yeah. I think load management is a great idea. I think that the Cardinals could be better at that. Um, And I think, you know, you look at uh, what Nolan and Goldie are doing this year and their load management, I don't think has been fantastic. Um, but you, ha- when you have a position player group like this, and I know people are probably thinking, well, the Cardinals' offense hasn't been that great that year. It actually has been good. The sequencing has been bad. Other things have been bad. It looks worse when you're losing this much. But I think using your whole, you know, 13 uh, player position, 13 person position player group. Um, to its fullest extent, is what teams like the Dodgers do. And the Cardinals should do more of. So I, yeah, uh, I would. It, it, and if you're saying that's the bet, I'm taking that bet. That's that's great for me. I would love to have Tyler out there for 120, um, a, as long as he's healthy. And I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's move on a little bit. And we've
0: had a bunch of roster moves recently. Um, speaking of load management, uh, Ryan Helsley is back. Yeah, uh, which so good I mean I am hopeful that it's not a uh I'm knocking on wood a million times here like you know did they just kick the can down the road a little bit or is he actually just completely avoided a real problem and he's totally healthy now and he's back I guess only time will tell but he's back and uh he's looked really really good and you yeah know, I've talked on a recent episode on just what what he does for the bullpen and and the starting rotation and and just the downstream effects of having an elite uh, reliever is and you know the with Jojo Romero now on the IL which is a huge bummer uh you know if you had any hope in the Cardinals remaining like still playing competitive games to the rest of the season <laughs> like having uh Ryan Helsley just not coming together <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah
0: the game uh, uh, uh the game where um I think it was Saturday night uh where Verhagen came in and blew it against the Pirates yeah uh, I was watching it with my family And uh, Verhagen came in two outs, bottom of the ninth, and said, I guess they don't want to win this game. And then, sure enough, you know, (laughs) two run game over. But uh, I mean, Marmol was in a tough spot. Everybody was basically unavailable. And he, he, that was his only other option was leave John King in, which he could have, you know, but who, you know, you never know how those things will play out. It
1: comes back to, you know, you make me think of what we've been talking about all year. It can't be Ali Marmal's fault if everybody he calls from the bullpen isn't that it's good. <laughs> it makes every yeah. manager. You could have a, a yeah. futuristic AI looking at everything, and if every name you call is shit, you're going to get a shit result. Uh, yeah. I, I to that point though, I, I think uh, Cardinal fans will be happy to hear this is Drew Verhagen's final month as a Cardinal, assuming that he does not get, <laughs> get up. Um, we were surprised
0: I, he was back this year and it's gone about as expected.
1: I, well, I think they, they, uh, what do you call it? Uh, they, they got obsessed with his, uh, spin, his, his fastball right. spin. Um, they found this guy over, was he in Korea or Japan? Um, can't remember off the top of my head, but they got obsessed with some of his like pitch metrics, pitch shaping. And I mm-hmm. don't blame them for trying that. Um, and, and trying to make it work. And, and I will even give them a little bit of a break in that. I thought it would work too. You look at the guy, he looks the part, the pitches come out of his hand. They look like it, but people just hit him. Um, yeah, it, it, I don't like, it's just one of those things. Um, I, you know, it's what, what's the difference between Verhagen and miles Michaelis. It, it's kind of hard to tell you other than one can pitch and one can't
0: yeah it kind of it's not exactly the same but it reminds me of like when joe kelly was with the cardinals it, right like it didn't make any sense he throws 101 everything looks like he should be elite but he just keeps giving up home runs you
1: you see um, 101 with movement and the guys striking out six per nine um, and then you see ryan helsley that's got a pretty similar package and he's the best or second best reliever in baseball yeah and there's just a and you know, it's delivery. It's, it's there. I think there's a little bit of just X factor. There's, um, you know, deception, all kinds of stuff, but, uh, yeah, yeah. it just isn't working for Verhagen. Those pitches look like meatballs coming out of Verhagen, Swedish meatballs. Is he Swedish? <laughs> Verhagen? Uh,
0: sure. Sounds like it. Definitely like Nordic.
1: Yeah. So Swedish yeah. meatballs. <laughs>
0: bork, bork, bork. Definitely big old Swedish meatballs coming out of those hands. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh Jose Fairman uh is uh uh back with the the Memphis Redbirds. Uh
1: um, the Cardinals really can't decide who they like <laughs> more. Is it Jose is it Fairman or is it mean uh, uh is it for mean We should know this. We should know I should this. Know I I believe it's Fermin and I think yeah. that you're dumb. Um yeah. but in a corresponding move. Our dear, 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 dear friend, no. uh, friend of the pod, uh, maybe one of my, yeah, it's Fairmean, one of my yeah. best friends in life and in baseball. Taylor Motter has been DFA'd again. Jose Fairmean takes his spot. Um, what are we doing? Why does it even? Why even make this move? Why bother? Yeah,
0: I don't, I don't even know. care. It's got. It's must be some sort of vendetta at this point.
1: Um, but he seems like a clubhouse guy. <laughs>
0: It's, he's like the whipping boy of the season, you know what he I mean? He really like, is. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to I was trying to find it real quick, but I'm not gonna just sit here googling while we're on the episode. But like there's gotta what is the record for the most times being DFA'd by a single team? Yeah. Cause I know people have been DFA'd more than three times in a regular season, but by the same team, it's got to be close. Right. It, it just it doesn't make any sense for it to have happened this many times.
1: If you know uh, the answer, hit us up at Talk About Birds yeah. on Twitter. But yeah, this is it's got to be getting close. And uh, I don't know, at least he's been able to cash a handful of big league paychecks this year. So uh, hopefully that's going OK for him. Yeah, me. I mean, yeah. I'm
0: sure for him, like this has been kind of his life. You know, yeah.
1: he's been a journeyman.
0: Um, you know that's just kind of what they do. Being DFA'd is is generally the way you are no longer with a team. Um, I don't know how many times he's been DFA'd in his life, but probably multiple times. But I'm yeah. sure the with this third one, it's like you got to be kidding me. There's the three hell. weeks left in the season. Like, right. do I really need to be DFA'd right now?
1: To yeah. And uh, he's got um like special like infield coach or infield coordinator or or mm-hmm. uh, special instructor written all over him and uh, maybe he'll stick with the Cardinals. I don't, you never know. Um, but yeah, maybe big league, uh, life just isn't for Taylor moderate. And I wouldn't even say he's hasn't been great. Um, but he's been kind of unremarkable, um, which is, I guess, you know, the problem.
0: Yeah. Um, well, good luck to him. Yeah. Maybe he'll, he'll stick with the Cardinals. We'll see, uh, more exciting. Uh, Matt Libertor is back. Yeah. Um, now they are deploying him out of the bullpen. Uh, likely for the remainder of the season. I'm assuming this is more out of um, response to just injury management yeah. and uh, just getting like ramped back up to to the rotation. There's not that much time left. It is a bit of a bummer. Um, you know, we saw that huge start against the Rays, felt like things were coming together, and then it's collapsed again. It's been kind of the Libertor story. Um, I have to imagine at this point, he is not an assumed part of the 2024 rotation. Uh you know, we'll see what the off season brings and the and the fabled three pitchers the Cardinals are gonna go get. <laughs> but um yeah, yeah. I, I'm assuming he, he's like with the with the surgeons of uh Zach Thompson, uh you know, I, I I doubt he's expected to start in the rotation unless the unless spring training really you know goes crazy.
1: Yeah, you know, it's kind of, we're kind of at the point, I'm not saying the book's done on, on Maddie Libs, but we're, we're kind of at the point now where he just has not been consistent enough. Obviously the guy can, can strike people out and can be an effective major league pitcher, but he just can't do it on every, every five day basis. And, uh, Maybe I think what you said is probably right on a little bit of load and injury management. Um, And maybe they're trying to get him a little bit of a confidence boost, similar to what happened to Steven Matz before his 18th Cardinal injury um, Mm -hmm. with the lat. And Hey, why don't you come out and air it out for an inning or two strike some guys out, realize that your stuff plays up here and maybe, you know, down the line we'll talk about um, being in the rotation again, but uh, I think he's still an effective pitcher. They just got to find the right hole for him to fit in. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I mean, the vast
0: majority of the best relievers in baseball, which is a very valuable thing to have, came from uh, people who were highly touted starting prospects and just couldn't put it together at the, at yeah. the major league level. Uh, Adbert Azale for the, uh, the new like, Cubs closer who's doing yeah. really well. He's had a pretty similar career path. Um, was at one point one of their top left-handed pitching prospects, and here he is today. You know, so it happens. And it would be a bummer if he doesn't end up being a legit big league starter. Like I still believe that it could be, but it doesn't mean he doesn't have any value at all to the team. Right. Uh, we'll see.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, on the other side of uh, relievers and their and their sort of paths, we've got Vilking Rodriguez. Yes. It's pitching in the minors, two appearances, four strikeouts, and a hit. Uh, not the season we were hoping for him, but no, we still got him. And so, you know, I guess we're just hoping for a strong end of the season and try it again in 2024.
1: Yeah, you know, it, you're, we've talked about this a couple of times over the last month, but one does wonder if Ryan Helsley is helpful, if Wilking Rodriguez doesn't have his shoulder issue, Guillermo Zuniga is healthy, And you got those three guys supplementing your bullpen all year, all of them throwing 60 some odd innings. What does this team look like?
0: Yeah, I think it's significantly different.
1: And we'll never know. Um, The cool thing about Wilking is if you remember, and this is crazy because he has not pitched at all this year, he's a Rule 5 draft pick. So as soon as he is healthy, he has to come up to the Cardinals and be in the bullpen in in some form or fashion. So we will see him in a Cardinals uniform very soon. Um, I'm sure they'll probably give him another appearance or two, uh, and then he'll come up and we'll get to see kind of what the Cardinals have. Uh, for next year, I guess the good news is, uh, he will be a Cardinal next year, um, mm-hmm. because of this weird injury rule five situation that they've kind of threaded the needle on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it should be cool. I'll, I'm excited to see him. Another a tier beard, a tier fastball. I'm yep. excited to see him
0: back with the cards. Those are two critical elements to a successful major league starter or a uh, reliever. hundred percent. So. Yeah. Um, well let's, uh, let's go back to the rotation. Uh, Dakota Hudson. Yeah. Uh, what what
1: do you what do you feel? How are you feeling about old <laughs> Dak Hood? I right don't know. Now? It's such a I, and obviously it makes sense to use him the way the Cardinals are using him right now, I think, um, because he's there. Um, right. He's like, yeah, why? You why? have Innings. Right. Yeah. Um, so he has started seven games for the Cardinals and has pitched fairly well. Uh, at least the results have been good. And I say that because if you look at his underlying metrics, oh, g- 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 <laughs> yeah, <it's,
0: laughs> I'm
1: looking at it now. Highest,
0: yeah. uh, be, uh, barrel percentage of his career. Yeah. Highest, uh, exit velocity of his career. Uh, you know, yeah, there's, there's, uh, one of the highest, the highest expected slugging percentage yeah. of his career. Um, yeah. Yeah, highest expected (laughs) Woba of his career, uh, highest walk rate or lowest. No, no, uh, that that one's okay. But uh, one of the worst K
1: percentages in the league
0: and his expected ERA is a 5.08.
1: Yeah. So so he's like kind of a big step down from Miles Michaelis, right? But he's right now (laughs) he's rocking a four dot zero eight ERA. He's averaging five. Point six innings per start, and he has a 52% ground ball rate, which puts him in the same territory as Sandy Alcantara. Sandy Alcantara, obviously not having a Cy Young year, but still I was trying to illustrate like, yeah, the guy's getting people out on the ground at a, a very high level. I think he's top 30 in baseball, if I remember correctly. And, and the reason I wanted to talk about this is because he's being, he's not great. Um, but the Cardinals still have him under con or uh, he'll be arbitration eligible the next two years. So the Cardinals have First write a refusal to have Dakota Hudson's services for the next two years. He'll be a multi-million dollar player either in AAA or in the bullpen or swing man or whatever. Um, and I, you know, he'll have a couple more starts before the season is over. A- and I guess I want to kind of hand to you like, what do we do with Dak Hud? What it like, is he a quad A player? Do we cut him? Do we send him off to the A's? What what happens? Yeah. I, uh, I have zero faith in him as a big league starter <laughs> at, 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 in
0: the long run, man. So, like, I think he's doing the Lord's work right now. He you is. know, he, he's putting in the time. And, he is. and uh, you know, he's serving a valuable purpose. Um, but if the Cardinals truly enter into 2024 with Dakota Hudson as a projected contributor to the starting rotation, even, even as, like, the sixth man. Yeah. I think that we are headed into a, a bad spot again in 2024. He, he needs to be at best. your like eighth or ninth, ninth man out of the, out of the, uh, you know, in the rotation.
1: So I think I agree with you, but does that mean, so, you know, if the Cardinals have like a pecking order of their starting pitching, probably Graceffo, maybe even jerpy, maybe even Tink hence are above, uh, him, but obviously his big league clock has already started. So it's, whether they use him or not doesn't really matter. Do you run Dakota Hudson in your is he your number 3 in your triple A rotation and kind of your emergency or do you try to just flip him to the Guardians or or some team that might try to fix him and and yeah. cut your ties with Dakota Hudson? Cuz you have I mean, control. Yeah.
0: But they have control of a lot of guys. You know, they've got mm-hmm. control of hundreds of guys. Hundreds. Right? Mm-hmm. so guys falling uh, out of their ears yep and so it control only matters if they're if if they're an effective big league (laughs) sure so i don't know i mean the the problem of it like what i think you're illustrating is he's kind of a no man's land
1: exactly yeah
0: we know i guess there is value in someone who's done it at the big league level at least people always say that um you know having a a person who's familiar (laughs) with like he knows well, where, the where the bathroom is. is. <laughs> we made the same joke. Wow. Yikes. This All show right. sucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: this <show> Super sucks. <laughs> <sighs> uh,
0: so I guess if you can get something for him, sure. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that they don't like paying uh, a, a, a minor league player. What you have to pay a guy who's had this amount of MLB service time, you know, like he, if the only the only way I, I see him being useful in 2024 is if they find themselves in the exact same position that they're in today. Yeah. And at that point, like we'll surely have another guy that can just throw innings at the major league level. And I know I'm being pretty down on old Dak HUD here, but like I just don't see it and I don't see him getting better, you know, and and he's he's getting by on smoke and mirrors right now. And that's cool. But if you want to be a, a, a competitive major league team he can't be in the rotation yeah without some sort of fundamental switch in his approach and his uh uh, underlying metrics like the ground ball rates all well and fine but it's only going to last for so long before he just starts getting lit up and he really hasn't had a good season it's been you know two years now of him being um not great and it's been a quite a while since he's had any sort of like better peripherals. And, you know, totally people can change and, and can come back and have good seasons again. I'm just not seeing it out of out of our, our boy Dak Hood.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're mostly right. And uh, speaking of ground ball percentage, I also wanted to talk about Andre Polante who is mm-hmm. outpacing baseball. In ground yeah. ball percentage right now. It is absolutely insane. He has a 78.9, let's just say 79% ground ball rate, which yeah, is far and away first place in baseball. Second place is Yoan Duran, who has almost 65%. Um, and yeah, and, and he's a, really, you know. he's Yeah, he guy throws a 100-mile-an-hour breaking ball and just absolutely nasty. Now, the other thing with Andre Palante is that he's rocking a 5.5 ERA right now his underlying metrics are a little bit better than that he's striking out um a lesson or uh, yeah right at six per nine um the percentages aren't looking good what do you do with uh, andre palante where does he fit into this team obviously he has one outlying skill that has to be valuable to some degree um or i guess i'll i'll even a- answer like okay, you're getting almost 80% of ground balls, right? That's elite, elite, elite. But if people are crushing those ground balls, even if they're on the ground, and if they're hitting them past Nolan and Tommy and everyone, yeah. is that a good pitcher? Is that somebody who should be on the big league roster? I, I really don't even know how I feel about this.
0: Yeah, I'm torn on it. And because we've seen it, uh, there's been n- several games this year where um, it's the Cardinals have needed a double play, they bring in Palante. He gets the ground ball, but it just still goes right through, and or or it's you know hit to the side, and and it's only one out, and and so like you know there there's a the Cardinals have always seemed to like to have one of these guys, right? Yeah, uh, you know Matt Bowman comes to mind. Like uh, uh, who's our um, like Seth Elledge, I think was another one. Like there's been a handful of these guys.
1: Seth Manis.
0: Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. Seth Manus. Like they're the they're the like it's the fireman, but not going to come in and burn everyone. But Rather get them to just hit soft contact. And it's not sustainable over multiple innings, but that one guy, we can probably get a ground ball. And I do see the value in it, but it is kind of high risk, high reward, like an 80%. If you could truly expect an 80% chance at a ground ball, a hundred percent of at bats, like that is incredibly valuable. But we also know, uh, Numbers from relievers are incredibly very uh, variance <laughs> yeah. heavy and that the odds of him sustaining an 80% or you know, roughly 80% ground ball rate, I think is pretty low too. So we'll probably see some swing back in the other direction and he's going to have like a 20% ground ball rate for a month and just give up a billion home runs. Yeah, so. It's so
1: this has been so, so, he and I think you're right. I should note it's 56 and two thirds innings that he's done this over. So obviously not a huge sample size. Um it's not it's not small it's a, no. that's a good
0: sample size for a reliever but in the broader picture like it, that is it's super common for a reliever to have one outlier result for 50 to 60 yeah. innings and then it never happened like that again it's very common
1: what else is crazy is so yeah he's got that almost 80% ground ball rate but his home run to fly ball percentage right now is 25 now, obviously, mm. he's not giving up a lot of uh, balls in the air because of that ground ball rate, but kind of an itch- another kind of out loud yeah. number. Like, are you telling me a quarter of the time people do get in the air, it's gone? Well, it's what is g- happening? Calm. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's
0: it's pretty emblematic of the of the season, right? Is like. All of our results have been ridiculous. They're all they're <laughs> right. all extremes, you know, where everything is either a home run or a double play or right. we're, we're, you know, we're giving up nine runs in a game or uh Liberator's going eight, in a, eight and a third. Yeah, you know? like it, it's I think I guess ultimately what you g- generally want out of your bullpen is consistency, right? Like, and so you know oh. how to use your pieces <laughs> and when to use them and you and and. And you can have a reasonable over a long enough expanse. You can have a reasonable expectation of what's going to happen when that player's on the mound. And so that sort of like cherry bomb thing of, of Polante where it's like, yeah, you're probably going to get a ground ball. But if not, look out. Yeah. Uh, probably not very long term successful in in the bullpen. Yeah. So and, get uh, him out. Yeah. Get that cut out like. I think these are the guys that are hopefully pushed out by the acquisition of uh higher level talent.
1: Well, and we were just talking like maybe even pushed out by Guillermo Zuniga, maybe pushed right. out by Vilking Rodriguez and Ryan Helsley coming back. We need more swing and miss. And these guys just aren't that, Speaking yeah. of swing and miss, I just wanted to hit on Zach Thompson again uh, really quick. Yep. He's been awesome. Uh, after putting up an 8.65 uh, ERA over 34 innings in AAA when they were yo-yoing him back and forth, he rejoined the club. He's started five games with a 3.48 XIP, uh, sorry XFIP, uh, a 26% K rate, and a 5.7% walk rate. Yeah. Um, he's been great. And I do think, you know, we're kind of joking about Dakota Hudson and his, uh, role in the starting rotation next year. I do think Zach Thompson is starting to get to the point where he might seriously be considered for a fifth or sixth starter spot next year. Um, yeah. uh, you know, whose job he's taking and, and what that looks like, I don't know. Um, but he's pitching well enough and he's looking good in that fastball plays. Um, he's super talented. Yeah.
0: And he's had a reasonable, Pedigree uh, multiple times ending on the uh, being on the top 100 prospect list. Like he's never been considered a, a super high end starter, but it was multiple times expected to be a big league starter. And, yeah. uh, you know, we've we rehash over and over his use over the years and how it's probably not been conducive to standard growth. But um, we were saying we were expecting in this back half of the season that at least one of these guys would establish themselves as a, as a real option for 2024. I was expecting Libertor, but it looks like it might be Thompson. And that's cool too. It's a different type of skill set, but I think it plays and we need it, you know? And yeah, fifth man, sixth man, fourth man, I don't know. The, the this offseason is gonna be interesting, but I I I'd, I'd say like he's he's earning that spot. Where where that spot lies, we'll find out.
1: Yeah, fully agree.
0: Cool. Well, we've got uh, more to talk about. But before we do, Ben, we need to remind everyone to join the revolution. (laughs) (laughs) OK, we're carrying it it to the next episode. Uh, If you enjoy the show and want to support the time and effort we put into creating it, uh, consider joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash talking about birds. It's the revolution. It's the most meaningful thing you could do with your entire life.
1: Oh, my God. Is join our Discord. Hey, Nate, this revolution will not be televised. It will be on a podcast. It'll on be on a, a
0: podcast TV. app. Yep. Um. Yeah, there's been a lot of important moments over your lives and over the, you know, expanse of human history. You know, maybe none, not, though. Maybe not for some of the may, people well, listening. none more important than this. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're changing the game. Yeah. Patreon.com slash talking about birds. <laughs> uh, we do mean it though. We really appreciate those who have spent the time and, and money to support the show. It means a lot and we would appreciate others considering it. Um, if you want to help us in another way, you can consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. It really does help others learn the good word wow. about our revolution. Wow. Um. Man, where can people find us otherwise a yeah,
1: just, just go out there and evangelize. Stand on the street corner. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at talk about birds. You can follow us on Instagram at talking about birds. We are on Spotify. Listen to us on Spotify if you prefer that. We have a TikTok. You can see our shiny, greasy faces on TikTok. Looking son of grimace bitch. looking son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You'll see my purple shirt. Uh-huh. Um, and you can email us questions, thoughts, uh, criticisms, um, ads. You could try selling us something at talk at gmail.com. Uh, you can find all of that information and more at talk about, or, sorry, talking about Once again, that's talking about Dot com. All
0: right. Well, let's see. What do we have next to talk about? Hambone. Baseball. Um, baseball. So we wanted. We spent most of this episode talking about the um, pitching staff, so we thought we'd check in on the infield rotation. So yeah. Mason Wynn, uh, I think I appreciate the fact that he is locked in at the shortstop position. This is exactly the right thing for them to be doing. Results be damned. If you truly believe he's the future shortstop, then this is the time for him to get the reps. It, it really couldn't be better, frankly. Than, than what's happening right now is giving him reps and letting him learn at the big league level. So we've got him locked in at yeah. shortstop, now, and of you course know, there
1: will be. Uh, to interrupt you really quick, I was listening to Eric Longenhagen, the uh, kind of prospect expert at Fangraphs, talk about Mason Wynn the other day, and he, you know who he comped him to Nate? Who's that? Raphael Furcal. There you go. Who well, we've been talking about.
0: We've been saying the same thing. Yeah.
1: And and I do think, like, you know, is Rafael Fercal going to be here this year or next? Maybe not. But I, I think that the more we watch him and the more we see him take at bats and he'll start lifting the ball a little bit more, uh, the more that, that skill set is going to come out. And we're going to look up, I think maybe even next year, maybe the year after, we'll have a a three, four, five win player at shortstop for the foreseeable future. And uh I just love watching him play. He is such like a heads down gritty gutty guy. I, I really like watching him play.
0: Yeah. I also love the fact that um Jordan Walker's like turnaround and explosion is seemingly tied to the
1: exact day that Mason Wynn
0: was called up.
1: So maybe, maybe uh, loosen him up a little bit to have a friend, you know, who knows Yeah,
0: there is something about that, that comfort, Yeah, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's exactly the right call. So, there will be uh, there will be reps at shortstop for a backup and and whatnot, but for the most part, we're, I think we're considering uh, shortstop locked up. So there's really just second base. Now we've seen again uh, Tommy Edman uh, starting in center field. He had a couple great plays in the game last night. We've seen some flashes of expertise in center field. Yeah, I think Tommy Edman has. Yeah, we've talked about Tommy Edmund a lot, but do you think is he a outfielder going forward, or is he the second baseman? That
1: I think or- that, that's my question. Is because you, of course, you have Gorman and Donald. Uh, or, uh Donnie will be back, uh, hopefully at some point. Maybe not this year. It's not looking. Yeah, I don't awesome. think this year. Um, yeah. but yeah, where where does Tommy Edmond go? And I don't love. Him being honestly, I I I don't know if he should even be playing every day at this point. Obviously, he's gifted defensively, and he seems to get better and better at outfield every day. He's obviously mm-hmm. a, a next level shortstop and second baseman. I think that's where his true value is. I just don't know where his true value for the Cardinals is right now. And I'm also curious of if the Tyler O'Neill experiment in center field. Is just completely gone out. And and yeah. why that was such a talk in the off season. It was a talk of the first couple uh the first month or so, and we just have not seen that uh since. We've seen Newt start in center, other people start in center, and obviously Tommy. Um I just don't know if that is the yeah. best my- way to use his skill set.
0: My my guess for Tyler is that this is a continued extension of the load management center field is a more physically demanding position. You're laying out a lot more, um, running into walls more. So could just be that they're just like, well, he probably is the best or near best center fielder on the team. But if it means he's going to miss half the season, then it's just not worth it. Right. That's my guess on that, at least for the, for the, for the remainder of this season, who knows what next year looks like. Sure. I do think like, so Tommy Edman. I'm pulling up his numbers here. Here's uh, from 2019 on. I'm reading his WRC 124 in his rookie year across 350 plate appearances. And then 90, 89, 107 last year and 97 this year. Yeah. yeah. And so at the end of the day, what you're looking at is a league average at best hitter with. Elite to or near elite defense at multiple positions right now that is a valuable major league player right that's what dri- drove his six war last year right but if you're a team that is hoping for some offensive productions from from uh, any of those positions tommy Edmond is not the solution and when you've got it, guys like donovan uh or gorman who are going to give you a slight reduction in defense, but a pretty significant improvement on offense. You do start to wonder, is Tommy Edmond actually a starter or is he like the league best super utility player? Right.
1: (laughs) And if that's the case, are you choosing him over Alec Burleson? Are you choosing him over some, just some of these other guys on the periphery of the, of the roster and, and I think that's something the Cardinals need to figure out and not to mention, uh, you know, Carlson more and more looking like he's not coming back this year either, but is he the center field option in 24? Would you, you know, coming into spring training, are you saying it's his job to lose? Is it Tommy's job to lose? You know, it, there's just kind of like too many cooks yeah. in the, in the outfield yeah. infield kitchen kitchen.
0: Well, it's just yeah. I mean, this is why we were really hoping for a big trade in the at the deadline to send one to three of these guys somewhere. So this, um, you know, clears up a little bit, right? But I think like if we went into twenty twenty four with everyone healthy and uh, no major moves from the major league level right now, you would have O'Neal and left, Newt and center. Jordan Walker and Wright, Brendan Donovan at second, and uh uh um Gorman. at short oh, and yeah. Gorman, Gorman at DH. Yeah. I think like that would probably be your ideal setup. And then you but with that, you're also knowing that Tyler O'Neill's only playing 120, like we talked about before. Right. So Edmund is probably filling in there and filling in at second for Donovan and filling in at short for uh yeah. For, for win. And that's probably your best setup, you know? Um, and yeah. then I don't know. Then Burleson is maybe your fifth outfielder slash DH from the left slash side. first Baseman. Yeah. Slash first baseman. Um, and then you just roll with that. I mean, it's a pretty good team, you know, and then maybe Palacios is there as your sixth outfielder <laughs> yeah. defensive special. Uh, you know, I don't know. The Cardinals need even, to get trade. Yeah, it's too many good players. <laughs> it is load up, load up for a, for a good starter. Um, All right. Yeah. All right. We'll see. Let's talk about the upcoming series. Yeah, uh, we've got uh, the Cardinals go to Cincinnati for three. Notably, might see ourselves some Harrison Bader. That'll be fun um will it yeah i don't know yeah well i mean you don't like to see him being on the reds of
1: course but kind of bums me out seeing him on the reds it's much easier to a pill to swallow when he was on the yankees him being in the division and wearing red and white i don't like it well the reds need some wins they do um they are
0: five games back now out of the division and they're running out of time uh as you've been predicting all season basically the cubs have been on a bit of a run, um, they've surpassed the Reds. They're clearly in second place. They are only two games back of the Brewers, so the Reds must be looking at this three-game series against the Cardinals at home as an opportunity to uh, to stack a few wins. But they've had they've had injury problems. Their their rotation has struggled. These are winnable games. You never know at the uh, at the bandbox. box. Um, I know we want to lose because we want a good draft pick, but I will always find joy in beating the Reds. Oh, and I will will particularly find joy in hopefully beating the Reds enough where it (laughs) really ends their playoff hopes. So, yeah, you know,
1: being the postseason spoiler for the Reds is, is really all we got going right now here at the end of the season. Yeah. Now it sounds like a games
0: back of the pirates too. like, you know, we got nothing left all, but if we can spoil, if we could spoil, spoil the Reds and do we have any games left against the Cubs? Can we spoil the Cubs too? We, yeah, I there don't are want some the Brewers to up, win, yeah. but you know, I, I will I will take the Brewers making the playoffs over the Reds and the Cubs. <laughs> for yeah. For whatever reason, I can't get over the rivalry from like 2012 with the Reds, <laughs> even though it hasn't been a relevant rivalry for like a decade now. I, I still like Johnny Cueto, he kicked Jason LaRue and I will never <laughs> forgive them.
1: <laughs> I, I fully agree with you. And I think not only so to be kind of Machiavellian and and, and uh, a, a bit of a, uh, a, a NL central basher or whatever, like I do think, I think the Cubs are the best team in the central. I think that the Reds, as I've said all season, don't have enough pitching. They're going to fall away. And if the Cardinals can help that, that's, that would be even more fun. And if you just, if I'm looking at the Brewers roster, whatever team that they face in the playoffs they are going to be the underdog and i think that yeah. they're going to get their ass handed to them i just don't like the team and they haven't got performances out of anybody that would really make me change my mind they're kind of having down years across the board Rowdy toles uh willie Adamas, um uh tyrone taylor jesse winker uh owen miller's not hitting caratini's not hitting uh it, it, Bryce Terang really hasn't done much of anything since coming up and their pitching is fine. Um, Corbin Burns has, has lost a huge step. Um, Freddie Peralta isn't the guy that I thought he would be this year. Um, so yeah, I don't you, know. I kind of like the idea of them winning out the central and then getting their, you know, bounced out by a, a wild card team um, in the first round. Yeah.
0: Well, you you should look at what Freddie Perales has been doing over his last month or two. It's uh, he's actually been pretty incredible, but everything else I agree with. If you look at their uh, their lineup that they fielded today in a game that you would assume they are trying to win, they're in win now mode. um, Only one player in the starting lineup has an OPS over 800, uh, and that is uh, William Contreras, you know, their catcher at an yeah, four at an 814 so the highest ops in the starting lineup was an 814 (laughs) and then they have let's see um three guys under 600 so yeah it's a it's a bad lineup it is what it is you know they, they, they 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 are the invert inversion of the cardinals if we could if you could mash the brewers and the cardinals together it'd be a super team (laughs) <laughs> which would probably be any two major league teams but still they yeah. have they have like opposite opposite yeah. skill sets they, yeah. they
1: might be as good as the phillies if you combine the rosters <laughs> stupid phillies yeah. gosh
0: warmer um after the series against the reds uh we go to baltimore
1: yeah very excited for this series it's a real yeah, baseball team
0: We're going to do a uh, we're probably going to check in next week with talking about other birds. So we'll dig in a little bit on the on the Orioles and the Blue Jays. Um, But we'll see them and we'll see Jack Flaherty. Um, Jack Flaherty not doing well for the Orioles. He had that really good first start. Everyone was very hyped and uh, it's starting to collapse a little bit. Yeah. um, Yeah. I don't know. If if you look at Baltimore uh, social media, people are starting to get mad about his anger. And, you know, you're just like. It's like, ah, yes, other people are experiencing the Jack Flaherty uh, experience, even though we were big fans. You know, there is a reality to the to the type of pitching that he brings. And it's I, I wanted him to go over there and crush. Yeah. I really like the Orioles and I wanted Jack Flaherty to do well, but he's not been. Uh, no, but pretty much everything else for the Orioles is doing <laughs> really, really well. Did you see they uh, they promoted Haunted Doll Jackson Holiday to Triple A?
1: I did see that, and I, yeah. I'm very curious if he is going to get the call all the way up uh, this year, and I, I think it's feeling more and more likely, uh, which would be super-duper exciting have him. I, the thing is, I don't even know where you play him. They have so many good players. Yeah. They're absolutely stacked. Gunnar Henderson's about to win the Rookie of the Year, and he's just mm-hmm. come on recently. Um, you know, Maybe you put him at, at second or short. I, I, they're, I, I, they'll figure something out. Yeah. He was um, in high school last year and now he's in triple A. Kid's amazing. Um. Yeah. So very excited to see that. And I, I basically I think it's going to happen. Uh Grayson Rodriguez has kind of turned his season around in the past month and a half. He's looking like a uh a top of the rotation guy. That's that's been a huge boon for them. Um, but yeah, I'm really I'm kind of just excited to sit back and I, you know, I expect them to they have that fiery, fiery bullpen and that maybe the best offense in baseball, one of the best offenses in baseball. And I'm kind of just excited to watch that. And, uh, you know, hopefully the Cardinals don't embarrass themselves, but yeah, they're a great team. They're an exciting team. They're so young and athletic. Um, and then they have like six guys in the bullpen that can strike you out, you know, 15 K or nine or, or whatever. So yeah, they lost, uh,
0: they lost the best closer in baseball, Felix Bautista. Yeah. Um, so he might be, it's still unclear yet. Uh, but, um you know what happened um but you know that's a big that's a big loss but like you said they got like eight guys behind him uh yenier cano um he's been incredible so he just slots right in i um,
1: i watched uh i was watching the baltimore uh angels game the other night and shintaro fujinami came out and struck out the side base or, or dominated the side of the angels mm-hmm. uh basically just pumping fastballs like and that guy, he's he's had a weird season. They acquired him at the halfway point, and he's coming yeah. out being amazing. So they're just pulling all the right levers. There was a story going around recently that Jackson Holiday had to like... I forget
0: what it was. He was like trying to rent a car or something. Oh, he was
1: trying to get into the team hotel. Team hotel, yeah. Yes. And he had to prove his age. Yes. <laughs> Nobody knew who he was. They thought he was like a minor. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to stop... Yeah, I'll stop, you know,
0: like hammering on this this point because you know he's obviously an incredible athlete but it is <laughs> funny like he just looks so young it just all these guys like jordan walker sometimes looks like a 50 year old man you yeah. know and then you've got jackson
1: holiday you just don't normally see these like uber athletes still looking so young right when well they, yeah when they you know. I, I think jordan walker being 6'6, 250 and having a full beard goes a long way <laughs> for sure for <laughs> sure <laughs>
0: He's got those sad eyes too. Oh, I he mean,
1: does. Yeah. He feels bad for all the baseballs he's murdered. Yeah, probably.
0: Um, all right, let's uh, let's check in on some league news. What do you got for us?
1: Yeah, so uh, got, I'll, I'll try to run through this. We got quite a bit of league news. Uh, so the waiver wire madness has uh, has settled down. The Guardians collected half of the group. Uh, they became the uh, middle uh, or the Midwest Angels out of nowhere. They're collecting players like Pokemon. Um, And and I don't think we need to talk about the efficacy of this has happened, you know, this kind of old news at this point uh, of of what happened, but I'm more curious of your thoughts on this system, how it was used. um, And I guess like if MLB needs to make adjustments to this process going forward, like, do you see this as a problem going forward now that it's kind of been exposed by the angels as a as a kind of like, I, I kind of look at it as like Artie Moreno taking his ball and going home or, or flipping the, the chessboard uh when he's mm-hmm. got uh, a check on his uh, player. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I'm hopeful that like, this was a weird version of it where
0: most of the players that the angels let go had some flaws, had some like, you know, issues and, and not necessarily everyone was going to be into them. But if, if, like, imagine a team doing this with actual competitive players that they weren't able to trade, and they're just like, oh, I want to save a million dollars over the last month. Like, I'm going to put them all on waivers and just create some chaos, you know? So I, I don't know. I, I You'd like to think that teams would be better than that, but maybe. So it does make me think maybe there's something you need to do from preventing a team from just putting all of their upcoming free agents on the waiver wire right. because somebody eventually will just completely take advantage of it. If you don't think the angels already just did. Um, And then on the guardians being able to claim like everyone, which is funny. Yeah. uh, Like, I don't think anyone saw that coming. It would make sense to have some sort of limitation, uh, like some sort of rotation on how, you know, who you can claim. If you can claim, if you take the top guy on the list, everyone else gets a chance and they have to go back around before you can get the next guy or something like that. Yeah. Instead of just being, it'll just be, will be like scoop, you know, and, and taking them all.
1: That's, that's what I think is. I think that if you waiver claim, Lucas Giolito, you are now number 30 in the waiver order. Um, and it, it kind of, it kind of goes around like that each team, they, they get bumped back behind. Um, and you get the first chance, but I think, the team being able to collect all the players and just have to pay the money, I think I don't know. It's it's kind of again, or I guess it's so. There's like this artificial timeline because of the playoff r- roster, right? Which is what made the Angels do it when they did. They did right. it. It was a day or two before the playoff rosters had to be set, so that teams would pick them up, hoping that they could have Lucas Giolito or Reynaldo Lopez on their playoff playoff roster. So I think there there needs to be an adjustment there. I think it's a problem. I don't think I don't think that owners sh- and front offices should be able to just, like I said, flip the board over if they're not happy yeah. how it went and then make, you know, this year, I think, like you said, there were some flawed players. Um, but Harrison Bader is, I mean, he's not the best hitter in the world, but he is a plus-plus defensive player and could change the race, uh, especially for a team like the Reds, who don't really have a good center fielder. Like that's a huge win for them. Um, yeah. And, and they also got Hunter Renfro, who's a, an above average player for free or for just his salary as well. So yeah, I, I think something needs to happen. I saw somebody, I think it was Paul Himbikides of ESPN. He, uh, mentioned that after a certain date that the team should be on the hook for the money, no matter what, um, mm. whether they, they, uh, DFA, the guy or waiver, whatever they do to him, they're paying that final month of salary. Um, I don't know if that's the right move or not, but I do think something needs to change. And I think that Artie Moreno, we all knew this, um, but he is just one of the worst owners in baseball. <laughs> and I'm not surprised that it is his team to kind of um, abuse the system. Yeah,
0: expose a,
1: a right. potential gap. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I'm like, I don't know that this year was like, if it was... Egregious enough that it will result in a change, but hopefully this is sort of the like yeah, you can you can it's a canary in the coal mine. Yeah. Like oh well, if they were able to just drop Renfro, Giolito, Renaldo Lopez, Bader, all the all these names. Well, they didn't drop Bader, but uh, yeah. all these names that like people know and are impact and they just traded for for their run. Yeah. You know, and they're able to just be like, here you go, league chaos abound. Good yeah. luck. You know, you could see it being um, way more dramatic. And yes,
1: yeah, like what if, you know, what if him and what if Artie Moreno and Otani got into a fight, and Moreno wants to get under the luxury tax threshold and threw Otani on the waiver wire. Yeah. That would, I mean, it would be exciting. And from a podcast standpoint, we'd have a ton.
0: Maybe, yeah,
1: yeah. But is that good for the game? I don't know. Um, my final point I'll put on this is is it, it kind of just exposes the angels for how bad of an organization they are. Not only did they give up the last few good prospects they had for about a month and a half or whatever of guys that they ended up just giving away for free on the waiver yeah. wire, but because Randall Gritchik did not get his contract pick, picked up, they did not dip below the, uh, the luxury tax threshold. <laughs> so it just was an absolute and utter failure from start to finish. And you know, that's what you get. Yeah. You know, I, I
0: do feel for them a little bit because going for it at the deadline was universally appreciated. Yes, remember we were all like, hell yeah, Angels, go for it. Yes, and it's so good to see them go for it, even if we don't think it's gonna work. Like, it's good that they go for it, and then everyone they try acquire is bad, <laughs> and and then they cut them all, and now we're get they're getting shit for that too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, like. You know, it's a it's a deeper problem because they had to acquire, you know, uh, risky assets because their farm system is so bad. So they couldn't truly go for it in a way that would allow them to compete with like the Astros or the Rangers or even the other like wildcard teams. So they were hamstrung from the beginning from actually going for it. And but they did, which we liked. And now they've yeah. set themselves back by going for it. And then now they're getting shit on for going for it and then dumping. And it's like, uh, it's just, you know, it, it, it like you said, it, it it's like, what a what a bad year for the Angels and what a bad organization.
1: The, I, and now the team is screwed. They yeah. have Anthony Rendon, Albatross contract. Otani's not coming back. My Trout can't stay healthy and they're yeah. over the luxury tax threshold going into next year and they are probably going to be the worst team in their division next year after Otani lose, leaves. Um, and they have no way to augment their team through trade and they won't want to spend any more money because they'll already be over the tax threshold. Um, so what, or they won't be able to spend enough money to make themselves competitive again. So I don't know what they're going to do. And I think it kind of, this is the first time since Mike Trout has been on the angels that I thought maybe he won't be an angel his entire career.
0: Yeah. They, uh, there was a article the other day and I, I didn't really read it. Um, uh, but the headline, you know, as, as, as we all participate in the internet, uh, the headline said that, uh, Mike Trout intends to have a sit down this off season <laughs> with, uh, angels ownership to discuss the long term plans for the team's future. And so the reality is probably the quickest, uh, the 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 best chance for them to get back to a competitive balance at some point in the in the relative near future is to trade Mike Trout for an absolute haul. Yeah, because they're because they're he's only getting older, and they're at their current trajectory, like w- what's their window? Like where what is there even their target window of success right now? Twenty twenty six, right? And so then by then Trout's only older, and he's probably going to hit bombs until he's forty, unless he has some sort of like. Yeah, Uh, you know, like knock on wood against this, but like some sort of catastrophic injury. But like, I think he's going to age pretty well as a, as an offensive talent, as long as he can be on the field. Um, But like, they're going to lose a couple more years of him before they're really competitive again, if they actually rebuild successfully. So their best bet probably is to trade him this offseason. And um, hey, maybe that's where the Cardinals come in. Let's, uh, (laughs) you know, Let's move the farm for uh, Mike Trout and and then go
1: pay for uh, Nola and Snell yeah. and uh, Gray. Hey. And if they do trade Mike Trout, then you have to call them stupid for holding on to Otani for the time that they have. Because yeah. if they traded Otani a year and a half ago, they would already be. Their their, their uh, farm system rating would already be much higher than it is right now. Then they go and move on from him. Then they wait out the Rendon contract and you're looking like a better team. But right now, 2026 seems like a joke early. to me. There's yeah. no way that's going to happen.
0: And this is assuming that these trades are actually for talented players. Right. And we have seen very little ability to um, scout and identify impact baseball players. Yeah, uh, they, they like. I've I've said this before in the show, but I read somewhere a little while ago, and it really made sense to me: is that Artie Moreno cares about celebrity, and that is how they've ended up with some guys. Like they knew Otani was going to be like celebrity, right? And and that one worked for him, Um, but like Rendon, Pujols, Josh Hamilton, you know, all these horrible contracts that they've had. They're just chasing celebrity. They're chasing who's the biggest free agent, and they're not really thinking about yeah. long-term and uh, you know good roster construction.
1: Nate, uh, we'll get off the angels here, but one last thing for you. Who do you think, uh, according to Baseball Reference War, is the third most valuable angel in uh, 2023? <laughs> this feels like a trick question. Is it <laughs> Renfro? It is not. This is, is a tough Luis, question,
0: Luis Renjifo. No, nah, man. I I, I truly don't. Carlos they their their Mickey closer,
1: Moniak.
0: Oh wait, oh yeah, and he's crushing it on the Phillies.
1: Uh, no, I you know he's still he's still an angel.
0: What am I? Okay, well, yeah. whatever. But, you but you yeah, might be thinking at- of
1: Brandon Marsh
0: maybe yeah that was part okay um yeah M- M- Monix had an okay year yeah he's where.
1: got 1.9 baseball reference hey him. there you go all right anyways we can move off the angels but yeah i really think they are just absolutely screwed and hey mike trout yeah. to the cardinals let's go let's have a little old man trifecta with him and uh nolan and goldie go win a couple of uh championships that sounds great i mean uh, in- sp- yeah Speaking of old men um, and guys that we like, Andrew McCutcheon suffers a partial Achilles tear uh, will be done for the season. Um, I bring this up just because I love McCutcheon and uh, hopefully he gets back and back with the Pirates next year. But uh, yeah, not great, especially he still runs pretty well. You know, Um, I I hope that he can come back and and still still be talented. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I hope so, too. Yeah. Otani's agent finally speaks with the press. Uh, he says it is inevitable that Otani will undergo some kind of elbow procedure is not committing to Tommy John. Uh, he said in an interview that I was listening to other the other day on ESPN, that they are going to get fourth and fifth opinions on this. Uh, and apparently the tear is in a different spot than was his Tommy John a handful of years ago. So, uh, I guess it's good to finally hear something from Otani's camp. I still like, I love Otani. He's the most exciting thing to watch. He's so good for baseball. His um, inability to speak to the press or does his lack of desire to speak to the press or the fans is a little infuriating. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I always go back and forth on that. Like part of me feels like you have, as as like the star of the game, you have an obligation to to like be out there and be a vocal part of the game and, and yeah. help move it forward and then in these situations you know being a presence on the flip side like you know that it's a it's a personality type right like if he if he really truly hates it like do we want him being really grumpy up there and and forcing himself into these difficult spots you know i was was it wasn't it marshawn lynch i was talking to molly about this the other day he was that way right when he was like the the star of the nfl he would like refuse all interviews and like he hated being at the center of attention for this sort of stuff right and they were able to spin it to where it's like oh he's so cool that he doesn't even do interviews you know but it, it happens sometimes i don't think it's super common you but baseball has really had a problem where back to back now you got Mike Trout, whose favorite food is rice, and his favorite activity <laughs> is looking at clouds. Yes. and then you've got Shohei Otani, who won't speak to the to the uh, you know to the press. Like, can we just only put the camera on Ronald Acuna and right. Mookie Betts and just right. say this is the face of baseball? I mean, they're basically the two best players in baseball right now, anyway. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I feel for Otani a little bit, but I do. I do sometimes think what what, what you're thinking, like. There's a degree of obligation, you know, if you're going to be, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, all right, moving down. This is uh, sad news or not sad news, just disappointing news, I guess is the right word. Julio Urias uh, has been arrested on domestic violence charges. His second charge after an incident that happened in 2019 when he allegedly, or he was arrested after reportedly shoving a female companion to the ground. Um, I believe that the police report said corporeal, uh, violence to uh, his partner. Um, seems very likely that he will not pitch the rest of this year. It seems very likely that his career with the Dodgers is done. Um, and I think, you know, not to make this all about baseball, but I I don't think we need to get into the, uh, how we feel about the domestic violence issue. Um, obviously we have no, uh, quarter or patience for that. Um, I think this probably takes him out of the Cardinals, uh, site. See, it was reported a a couple of weeks ago that the Cardinals were targeting him as a potential free agent. And I think that's pretty much no chance of that happening after a second offense.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it does. And I hope it does. Yeah. And I do suspect that he will pitch in the major leagues again at some point, because that's how this tends to go. But, um, yeah, it's disappointing. And I think he probably shouldn't, but I suspect that he will.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Obviously, you know, innocent until proven guilty. We'll learn more. And MLB will do an investigation after the legal investigation is done. Um, But yeah, I'm sure a a large suspension is coming. And what else? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I need to. I don't want to speak without being fully informed here, but I'm pretty sure this one happened publicly. I think I heard it happened at uh, at a at like the LAFC game. So like.
1: How stupid can you be?
0: if I'm wrong, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to the, to the, to the story, but I'm not really sorry to Julio Urias, but I, from my yeah. understanding is that it was like, in a, it, you know, there will be an investigation, but it was, yeah. it was a public thing. So classy,
1: uh, what a, you know, and yeah. you hear something like that, not only is it just such a scummy thing to do, but how stupid.
0: Well, it, it what I, what I always think about with something like this is if this is happening public, imagine oh, what's my happening God, yeah.
1: private. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ugh. So. All right. Moving on. Uh, Speaking of the Reds and their pitching issues, uh, the Reds have put four pitchers on the COVID IL. Hunter Green was put on the list before Friday's uh, doubleheader, then followed by Fernando Cruz, Ben Lively in the bullpen, uh, and Brandon Williamson was added on Saturday. So they are down four guys um, I think for Cardinals fans, it's a bummer that we'll very likely won't see Hunter Green because of this. Um, but it kind of, you know, it's kind of just salt in the wound They're, They don't have a great pitching staff. They have four guys. They all seem to be healthy. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, but they have to go on the mandatory uh, COVID IL until yeah. they, you know, test positive or uh, test negative. So,
0: well, I mean,
1: whether whether you we want to acknowledge
0: and adjust and admit it or not. COVID's kind of back right now, so uh, I suspect that this won't be the last of this happening. Yeah,
1: lots of fun. Um, And then final piece of news, uh, we brought him up earlier. Ronald Acuna Jr. becomes the first player in MLB history to have 30 home runs and 60 stolen bases. I don't know if you saw, but his 30th home run was the hardest hit ball in the stat cast era is like 122.6 miles per hour or something like that. Absolute frozen rope to dead center, uh, against the Dodgers. And my question to you, Nathan Heinegger would, if you had to vote today, Mookie or Mookie or Ronald for MVP,
0: I feel like I'm in a tough spot here, Ben, because (laughs) I am someone who is a proponent and a believer of advanced metrics, I yep. talk about WAR all the yep. time. I argue that it is the best metric for uh, determining value. Yeah, I won't say it doesn't have flaws. Every metric has flaws, but uh, despite all of that,
1: and I by still the feel way, like Ron, I'm
0: voting Ronald Ronald Acuna.
1: Ronald is at 32 home runs and 63 stolen bases right yeah. now.
0: We're not even done. He no. might go 40, 80. Oh my god. Um he might like I, yeah, I, I think I'm still voting Acuna. I'm a sucker for those sorts of things. Yeah. Um I get you know Betts is having incredible. Betts is having a career year also, which is incredible, you know. Yeah. Betts, I think I could be wrong on this, but I felt like Betts was uh was a Hall of Fame trajectory, but also maybe not. Yeah, and then I think now, like I, I really slam yeah, the door he, shut. Yeah, he's locking it in. You yeah. know, he obviously needs like five more years to 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 do it. But if he has this type of season at this age, it yeah. really speaks well to what his aging curve is going to look like. Because there was real concerns about him aging as as speed inevitably right. slows down. Is he going to be suddenly like a twenty five home run? You know, five stolen base guy? With you know, it's like oh no, he might just evolve into one of the best power hitters in baseball (laughs) and still be good at everything else too. So, uh, it's incredible. I probably still voting Acuna. I I need to figure out my, my own internal value system here because that's inconsistent with, uh, with what I generally believe in, but the stolen base numbers. It's just, it's awesome. And I know it's the new, the new rules are helping, but still no one else, uh, only Estieri Ruiz is close to him. Yeah. And Estuary, that's the one thing he does. Acuña does everything incredibly.
1: Yeah. So, it's incredible. Yeah. I so I I hear everything you're saying. And I, I'm going to, there's about 25 games left in the season. So I'm going to, I'm going to hold, I'm not going to vote yet.
0: Oh, sure. You, I have to vote, but you don't have to vote. Well, but but okay. let me,
1: let me make my point right where I am today. Uh, and while we're recording is that I think, I think Mookie and Ronald, they're putting up insane numbers, right? And batting average and homers, that's, it's all pretty close. But for me, Mookie being able to, Pick up the Dodgers when they needed it the most, and for him to play above average second base and shortstop and the best right fielder in baseball while putting up these numbers, I think to me that makes him the MVP because 60 stolen bases plus is impressive. But a player playing the best right fielder in baseball, also being a league average shortstop, is unheard of. And I I think, I think that that can't go, can't be underplayed enough or that can't be underplayed. Um, now again, maybe Acuna can go super sane in this last 20 plus games and change my mind. But as of today, if I had to vote, I would vote for Mookie because of that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there. It's a fair point. It's
0: a, that's an incredible showcase of versatility. Crazy.
1: How like no one can do that. Um, yeah. And and Mookie was like, Oh yeah, I like playing shortstop. And then went off. Like yeah. had like a thousand OPS during that like few weeks or whatever. It's yeah incredible.
0: Well, I guess we'll find out. We so, will. Um All right. Well, let's wrap up this episode. Yeah. Uh, got a little game for you, Ben. We haven't done this one for a little while. Um I was doing some doing some Googling the other day and I came across an article. <laughs> God, I don't want to hear about that, that Googling. Up. I was using your office to Google myself, and <laughs> I uh, I came across another article that I think would be perfect for our segment. League choose.
1: Oh, choose. Home, home,
0: home. <laughs> Very good. So I've got a uh, I've got an article here from uh, Bleacher Report. Oh God, the ten best ballpark snacks of all time. All right.
1: Have we not so done I, this before?
0: We've done a version of this before, but not exactly this one. Okay. Um. So I want to hear what you think, Alex Rostowski's opinion, Bleacher Report writer. Okay. The ten best ballpark snacks of all time, and I will say that their his or hers, I guess, Alex, uh, their their definition of snack
1: is broad. Oh God. OK, okay. I, I am assuming by that you mean like a beer could be on it. I will give you no more information. Okay. Than, uh uh
0: snacks is broad.
1: OK, uh, so what, I'm supposed to guess it. What what am I supposed to do?
0: Yeah, okay. so you are going to guess on the top 10. I want to see right. how many you can get before you
1: run out. All right. Nachos, uh, number I, one with a bullet. Let's go.
0: I forgot to put my little uh, my little sound effects here. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to do them myself. OK um wait what was it what do i you're out <laughs> nachos aren't on the list nachos is not
1: on the list well i'm already calling horse shit on this list yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah
0: obviously i'm completely in agreement with you nachos are the ideal ballpark snack yeah but um
1: yeah it's not like not a, it's list. like a hundred little snacks in one you get to you know make your little chip and there's there's like Nothing
0: better than nacho cheese. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm not. I'm not saying it's the best food. Yeah, but like, there's nothing more satisfying than nacho cheese. I,
1: it's shareable. You're having a good time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, you're looking like a monster when you get to the bottom.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, okay, I'll say ice cream in a baseball helmet.
0: <laughs> so that was the article we did this on before. Yeah, I like, remember. Yeah, the difference was there was ice cream and then there was ice cream in a baseball hat. Yes. Those two different things. Yes. Uh, no, on this list, uh, you did get this one. This is number nine. Okay. And he has it, or they have it as ice cream slash lemon chill. So okay. either
1: a lemon chill or an ice cream. This have. article is horseshit. Those are two different things. They just happen to be cold. Mm-hmm. You might throw mm-hmm. a snow cone in there too, dumbass. <laughs> Uh is that your is that your uh no uh no yeah. hot dog? Uh hot dog number two. How's that? Not number one. I know. Uh all right, uh let's do cracker jack. I was
0: wondering if you're gonna get cracker jacks because I feel like no one since like 1922, <laughs> you know, has has really gotten a cracker jacks. But uh, yeah, cracker jacks number five i think no. the only reason we even still do it is because they're in that song well i'll
1: Are tell people you people buying cracker jacks i'm sure the course field isn't the only one that does this but during the seventh inning stretch the broadcast booth throws cracker jacks out into the stands uh every mm-hmm. game so that's it's kind of in my mind there i wonder
0: what i wonder what percent of cracker jack sales come from the front offices buying them to throw them into the stands
1: probably a lot
0: i do remember uh i have a faint memory as a kid of getting cracker jacks and they're being like toys and stuff oh yeah the
1: yeah, yeah, of course. Um, okay, let's do a... What about a salted pretzel with chi? out.
0: Yeah.
1: Really? Yeah. What are these idiots not, eating at ballparks?
0: Not a salted pretzel with chi. Really? Yeah. Um, you know what's so I got really good? I got that two outs? Sure yeah. nacho cheese. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I
1: mean? <laughs> yeah, you already Hell told yeah. me that. You freak.
0: I mean, I think you can dip just about anything in nacho cheese and you're having a good time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> is this birthday a, cake. This is standard You're working on your tight five on nacho cheese.
0: I think they should make the whole thing out of the nacho cheese. That's good. That's smart.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. you've got two strikes. Uh, hamburger.
0: You're. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but whatever. This list is in question. It's going to be like uh, sushi and uh, uh, bolognese, no, no. and uh, yeah, bolognese
0: what? is number one. No, no, actually, so all everything you guess is perfectly uh, reasonable guesses, um, and I would expect them to be on here. The list is pretty good though, too. Um, so number ten was cotton candy. Okay, reasonable, acceptable. Number nine was i ice cream slash lemon chill.
1: Number Stupid, eight
0: was but popcorn. Acceptable. Okay, sure, popcorn's good.
1: Popcorn was on my list.
0: Yeah. Number seven is fries. Okay. Which I personally, I love fries. Who doesn't love fries? Dip them in that nacho cheese, if you know what I mean. Sick Um, bastard. I'm I'm never really getting fries at a ballpark, but I get why they're on there. Number six, Polish slash Italian sausage.
1: Okay, that's fine. I was going to say brat at some point.
0: Well, and this is where I think there's some controversy on this list, because number five is Cracker Jacks, but number four is brats. And so he's got Italian and Polish sausage as a separate category to broth. So,
1: okay. So I, I understand they are, but two different you know. sausages. But when we're talking about ice cream and lemon chill, it's the same thing. This guy's an idiot. huh. <laughs> number three, peanuts. Okay. Fair. Yep. Number two, hot dog.
0: Sure. And number one, you said it, but you did not guess it. Beer. Number one.
1: Oh, damn. I thought, I guess I thought I just <laughs> guessed it. But
0: yeah, no, that's you fair. said, you know, not to be pedantic, but you said, so things like beer could be on the list. And I said, I'm not going to say anymore.
1: Let's start the game. Okay. And, fair and, enough. So, well, in my um, mind, I guess beer and the rest of the list is total horse shit. So I'll give you beer because you said it. Yes. Um,
0: but you got four of six wrong. Good. So I wish I got more. You got, you got four of 10 correct, six wrong. Yeah. So, well, uh, that, so was that was fun. League Two. Yeah. Uh, if you have a different idea of the rankings of ballpark foods, let us know um, if you think there's a significant enough difference between a brat and an Italian sausage
1: or polo sausage.
0: I want to learn a little bit more.
1: Uh, let me know. <laughs> Don't make me Google it. Just uh, as long as it's mustard is on top you're. it's all kind of the same thing for me. Hmm, Honestly, I, mustard. brats not, and hot dogs. A, I, I would. That's my category. It'd be tubed meats would be a category. Yeah. I'm not a mustard man, but uh, I do
0: love a brat. Mm-hmm. I love a brat.
1: I'm fired up now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, now I send you back off to the real world. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, uh, remember, join the revolution. It's the most, import- the most important thing you could do in your entire life is join our Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash talking about birds. Um, and we'll be back next week. We only got a few more weeks of the regular season left. It's crazy. We're wrapping up. But we'll be here.
1: Yeah. Week. Yeah, and I guess to say, if you're a new listener, we will continue into playoff coverage and off-season coverage, and come along for yeah. the ride. We got more. Baseball. We're here.
0: Yep. Yeah. So,
1: thanks everyone, and until next week. Go Cardinals. See
0: you.